This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Control, the all-in-one finance app for freelancers. Control is a super cool finance app that lets you see all your income and business expenses in one spot, combines all your bank accounts, you can automatically calculate and pay your quarterly taxes, which is super important so you don't get penalties from the IRS. You can see insights into all your financial performances, how much money you made, and you can easily see how much cash you have on hand so you know how much to spend or save. So set some new financial goals for yourself. Head over to the link in the description, Control HQ. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. I'm here with Otherworld, super dope digital NFT designer artist that I've been kind of looking into for a while now. Met him through one of my friends, and how's it going, man? It's going good, man. How are you? Pretty good. What you been kind of up to today? Today, um, I spent uh, so I'm a PhD student, so I spent most of my time in the lab, mm-hmm. um, setting up experiments, um, teaching undergrads, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, I've just been at home kind of preparing for this. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it must be, I know you told me a little bit off air and I remember talking to Buddy about it, how you're, you're doing, you do engineering and then you also have this, you know, almost whole nother persona online with all the art stuff does it ever feel like you're living two different lives kind of yeah um i mean for me it's like all connected but it does Mm -hmm. feel separate at times you know it's just like two different fields and i think if you look at my art you won't really tell that i do science or engineering like i don't really put that much of it uh, into it um yeah it's definitely together they both influence each other but also separate yeah yeah because that's a good point you you would think like i see a lot of people that are into like engineering and architecture they're if they do design or artwork it's very like uh rigid and like algorithmic and maybe like a lot of diagrams and shit but your stuff's Mm -hmm. like super kind of free form and i feel like it looks like colored pencil-esque like kind of style and i feel like it must um that's probably like a good feeling because you have these two different things and then you kind of don't get bored of either because they're so they're so different. Yeah. Um, I started kind of making the art around when it was like the pandemic. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've always made art, like kind of doodle and that sort of thing. But I, I started right. taking it seriously and trying to develop more of my style when it was COVID started and the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then my lab is like, uh, in person so we work with like cells and that sort of thing so whenever the labs shut down temporarily i think for like three months mm-hmm. um i had like i was still working full-time from home but it was like it really wasn't full-time it, it wasn't right. as much to do and it was like really more boring for me because I, mm-hmm. I don't really like just to like write or read um right so i picked up the digital art and it kind of like made things fun for me during that yeah. pandemic yeah. Um, when everything was closed. But it, and, and yeah, that's how that started. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> with the labs and all that, that's one of those things where it doesn't really work on like Zoom and all that. It's like you need to be in there like actually experimenting and whatnot. Yeah, um, there's, I mean, some type of, some fields like they could do it from home, you know? Yeah. It, um, most of like the humanities, um, that, those type, type of uh, fields, but for like biology, um, unless you're doing computational biology, which mm-hmm. I don't do and I don't really like, um, yeah, it was basically kind of shut down for like a few months. Yeah, that's that's um, that's like a lot of people that I've talked to with COVID. Um, not only did they it like uh, maybe they already had an interest in art, or they were already doing a lot of design, but it really like you know, gravitated their freelancing or their side stuff because it was kind of like either you're bored or you need money or like you just need something to do without kind of feeling like you're going crazy. And what were you, what were you doing before you like went deep into it? Like during um, COVID, were you just always kind of doing art like on the side at all? Um. So, I mean, I started making art, I mean, always as a kid, like I liked drawing and doodling and mostly it would just be like pencil drawings you know in class that sort of thing Mm -hmm. cartoon characters 
just funny drawings or sometimes also violent drawings. But yeah. Um, and yeah, I just kind of did that uh, over time. And I took, I went to art class for like a year. Uh, mm. I think I was like in middle school and it was very like traditional art, like learning art techniques and oil painting, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it at first, but after I was there for like a year, it kind of became more of like a chore and kind of like mm. a school, a school type of thing. And yeah, I didn't really like that um, after a year. So I stopped going to art school, still kind of doodled here and there but um when i started my undergraduate um my time at undergraduate school i didn't have any time for art i basically for those most of those four years didn't really draw or paint except for like very rarely Um, okay yeah until the end of let's say my last semester i had more time on my hands and Mm -hmm. Uh, I, cause I took all the harder classes and I just had a couple easy classes and a lot of mm. free time. So yeah. I started like painting with acrylics, like kind of like cartoony stuff. Um, it's like, I posted some of them on my Instagram, like very first posts I ever made. Yeah. Um, and it's really different from what I do, uh, today, but that's how I started kind of getting back into the art and I wanted to like make clothing, mm-hmm. um, and I tried getting into the digital, uh, like with the iPad, and I tried painting on like it's called pr- the uh, program I use is Procreate. Right. So I tried uh-huh. painting the same style I would paint with acrylics on the digital, and I didn't really like that. It wasn't like this natural feel. It yeah, it's different. Didn't fe- it didn't feel right. Um. So I stopped with the digital for a while, but and then I picked it up during the pandemic, and um, I started doing more like collage related things so it was more of like taking right. images that existed editing them combining them with other uh images and creating like a new piece out of it and that was like something that was really new really fresh and i really enjoyed mm-hmm. um i would kind of just mostly listen to music and then make a piece based off like a song you know and the yeah. mood of the song um just going with the flow for the, most of it um, and then over time, as I got used to the program and used to like that digital feel, um, I incorporated more like drawings and then, mm-hmm. um, that somehow led to the art I make today. Yeah, that's dope. I remember seeing like, uh, some of your, I don't know how early it was, but when I first, uh, kind of saw your page from the mutual friend that we know, um, it was very like I th- a lot of it was it looked like the drawing over like old, you know, Renaissance paintings and like old pop culture stuff like Jordan or something like that. Yeah. And I think that that's when I was like got interested in it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I always wondered now that I know you use Procreate. I didn't know if you're using like actual colored pencil or you're painting on this stuff or how you were doing it. But it looks very um, it still looks very analog. I feel like even though you're saying it's really? done in Procreate. Yeah, I try to make, you know, when things look too, I don't like it when they look too digital. Yeah. Um, uh, so I try to like, I use brushes that kind of have like, sort of like a texture in a way to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's Yeah, that's my I feel approach. the same way. Like uh, even a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately, like I try to mix a lot of analog things, but even when it isn't analog, just um adding texture and stuff to make it feel more like it's something that would live in a real space just kind Mm -hmm. of overall makes it feel better like there's not i don't know how to genuinely like describe it but when something's so digital or just black and flat it feels uh like there's no like nothing to touch you know and kind of lifeless in a way Uh yeah i haven't really been able to like it's really hard to capture like the textures of a physical painting in the digital Mm -hmm. Um, I've rarely seen it be done and, um, I haven't really tried too hard to do that, but like, it would take me a lot of practice and yeah, to maybe get there. But yeah, like for example, some artists paint on like wood on like right. wooden planks and that has like a really nice texture to it. Um, and just the texture alone, you mm-hmm. know, makes the piece that much more special. Yeah, and then there's almost like I've seen some acrylic painting that use like wood panels and stuff that are really smooth, and it's almost uh, 
Like there's almost no texture. Like it's surprising how smooth it is when you see it because you're so used to like acrylic or oil having mm -hmm. all the canvas show through, you know? Yep. Yeah, I've seen those too. Um, what you paint on is is a, you know, really big deal. And, it, you know, it gives that piece kind of like this mood from the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like a whole part of the thing. Like I feel like I always see people asking artists like, what brushes do you use? Like what kind of paint do you use? But I don't ever see a lot of people asking about canvases or mm -hmm. materials for like the actual, um, like the background. And yeah, it's, you know, all the way from like a super rough, like burlap canvas to like procreate on the iPad, that's going to give you such a different look and final result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, clothing is like another thing I see people like drawing right. on and, and painting on and, I haven't really had the time to do that. Um, but a friend of mine, she uh, goes to like, she works in like this fashion industry and mm -hmm. they had a couple like sample, like puffer jackets just laying around. And she's like, do you want some? And I was like, yeah, just give me all of them. So that's something I'm gonna do probably in the next couple of weeks, try to paint on those or get something printed um, on those jackets. But yeah yeah that'd be dope especially if you're able to get them in, in bulk like that and kind of start from they're just mm -hmm. plain right like black or something they're plain and uh she had like four of them four extras mm -hmm. or something they're like they're just all white so oh, dope yeah um, like the trash bag style kind of ones like the big puffers. yeah it had kind of has like almost like pillows on it type of thing you know yeah kind of like yeah. puffer jackets yeah that's an interesting material too probably to go on because it's so like um so squishy like there's not a yeah. lot of salt you can't really push hard on it i would assume yeah i think it's um some sort of polyester from what mm -hmm. it looked like from the pictures um so i wonder how printing on that is going to be um or painting yeah yeah I'll figure it out i guess i'll experiment <laughs> yeah. with it does your um so you said uh you're doing like you have students now right in your um doctorate so do they do your students have any idea of this, all this other stuff that you're doing, you think? Um, I think, well, a few people like that I work with in my lab do. Um, mm -hmm. People like a couple of people my age. Um, oh, okay. But I haven't really, I mean, I tell people I make art, but I don't tell them like I do NFTs or I don't go too in depth with it. Um, right. At least I haven't yet. Um, yeah. Cause you like to keep it like pretty separate, right? Your, your uh, I, scientific like career and your art career, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, I like to keep it separate. Um, I guess people haven't really gone, like they haven't asked me too many things about it. Like they'll ask me about the art and like just things about it, but I feel it's, I've never felt it natural. Like me bringing up like, Oh yeah, I saw, I sold this piece for this much. It would kind of be like, I don't yeah. know, I just haven't done that yet, kind of. Yeah, I'm sure, like, your colleagues, too, would be, like, surprised to hear, you know, this thing sold yeah. for, like, this much Ethereum, and they'd be like, geez, like, why are you even working here or something? Yeah, no, yeah, that's, my professors, I think, would be really surprised. Um, colleagues, too, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, yeah. but I'm, like, it's something, it's such a new economy, it's such a new thing where, like, I wasn't expecting like mm -hmm. I didn't know about NFTs when I first started making art. And I kind of, I think it's been, it hasn't even been a year. It'll be like, I think it's like 11 months or something I've been in it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just something so new that so many people don't know about. Like I'll talk, it's on Twitter. That's all I see are NFTs. Cause that's who right. I follow. It's like and an echo like chamber a, over there. Yeah. It's like um, mostly what my feed is, but and um and, and i feel like it's gone pretty popular but mm -hmm. most people still don't know about it yeah and i feel like um even the people that don't know like i don't know enough to when they ask me like i know enough to explain what it is in a sense but like i can't explain fully to someone like how everything works because then they're just like what do you mean like why would someone buy it it's just a thing and i'm like i don't know man like it's, it's all like perceived value really and just like a yeah, bunch of different stuff I mean, if you think about it, that's what like everything is in a way. Yeah. Um, besides like basic needs, but um, I don't know exactly the, how the code works either. Like 
I don't right. like coding and that sort of thing. But um, I, when people ask me like, oh, what's an NFT? Like, why does it have value? I'm like, well, it's kind of like Bitcoin. Like the, the way, the thing that gives Bitcoin its value is that it could be stored and it's verifiable on this blockchain mm -hmm. and everybody has access to that information. Yeah. And you can't just, you know, you can't just make a Bitcoin appear out of thin air, you know, you have to, someone has to send you one, you know. Right. Um, and and that's kind of how I explain things because most more people are familiar with like Bitcoin and even if they mm -hmm. don't understand it fully, they understand it to an extent. And they why heard it from value. their friend or something at least. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, an NFT is kind of like a Bitcoin, but each NFT is unique. And, mm. you know, it's like a one of one or you could have like limited edition nfts but it's kind of like a bitcoin but it's a picture right that's, that's kind of how i explain yeah. it to like the average joe have you ever um or not have you ever what uh what kind of got you interested in that whole world because if you said it was maybe like 11 months ago and you started really getting into art when COVID happened that means that you know you were doing art again for like a little less than a year and then you got into the nfts yeah i was making art since I started posting daily um, in like April on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was kind of making a collage every day or every other day. Um, and I was only on Instagram. Okay. And I I never heard about NFTs until I got on Twitter. And um, my friend Avaj, he's also an artist. Mm -hmm. um, his name is Ajay. But um, we, we met like an undergrad and he was kind of posting his music he was making music and he was also posting some of the photos he took on twitter and he had oh, like okay. group chats going and that's kind of a thing on twitter where you have this artist group chats and artists mm -hmm. get together and kind of meet each other um they promote their work so everybody like kind of supports each other so right. he like invited me to a couple of those um and i followed those people and then they started like tweeting or retweeting about like NFTs and then I read on it and super rare was like the first one I saw, like the first website. Yeah. And back then, like NFTs were just starting to kind of get rolling. And, um, I think Ethereum was like $300 back then. Yeah. I remember. Um, <laughs> and when I first heard about Ethereum, like within like a couple weeks or a month it went up to like six hundred dollars and that was like pretty crazy yeah to people um <clears throat> but yeah everybody wanted to get on like super rare um and i think i heard about nfts like in august or october but i didn't apply until like december or something mm -hmm. um until i like i knew i was ready and i had like this style going for me um but yeah twitter is where i learned about nfts yeah is it like I know you're in school, so doing that stuff um, with NFTs and selling for pretty, like I looked at some of the super rare stuff and it's done like pretty well. Has that been, like, how does that feel? Has that been pretty life-changing or are you kind of just keeping it all in crypto? I would think you're using some of that money, right? For yourself. Yeah. I mean, I keep a good, I keep like a healthy balance in both, mm -hmm. like both in crypto and I take some out too, just for like expenses, that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. When I first started and I think I sold a piece for like, it was like seven Ethereum. It was like my second NFT, the, a game of souls. It's like the chess piece. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it was like $8,000 at the time. And that was like a lot of money. I was like, damn for like, seven. So that was a while ago then. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I thought about like, oh man, like what if I just quit school and I do this? You know, I thought about yeah, that a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, but I was like, I, I st I'm still interested in the science, so I didn't quit, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm still gonna do my PhD and complete it uh, no matter how much money I make. Um, right, that's good. But yeah, I, I, that was a thought that came to me. Um, and yeah, it, it has helped out, you know, with the pandemic and, Mm -hmm. you know it's been hard on the economy for people and, and like you have these nfts that came out of nowhere and a lot of artists just quit their jobs and they're full-time artists yeah and 
they've made more with these NFTs than they ever have with like the conventional methods of like selling prints or doing commissions. Um, like I used to do commissions, but it's kind of not many artists like doing commissions, you know, unless it's right. someone you really want to work with and they're kind of open with the commission because sometimes they're very like direct with what they want. They have this image in their head mm -hmm. and they want you to like recreate that, which is impossible. Right. And so. as like a fine artist, I feel like versus like myself as being more of a traditional like designer, you're not always working with clients. So like once you start doing commissions, you're like, Jesus, I don't want to listen to these people, you know, and do everything they say. Because I feel like the beauty of like fine art is people do it because they want to be able to express themselves like how they want and they don't want people to be telling them. And I think that is the cool part uh, about NFTs is that it's allowed people to kind of be more free with it. And I'm sure even with you saying you want to complete your degree still, the cool thing about it is it'll allow you to be more like selective and free with like even what you want to do in your science stuff because you know you have this other like, um, I guess, alternative mm -hmm. source of income or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, it's kind of, you know, with the science, I don't have a specific career goal in mind you know mm -hmm. there's a few different routes uh you could go it's like you could stay in academia you could go do a postdoc which is like you're just doing more research at mm -hmm. a university you're a doctor you know you have the degree uh, you're a doctor but you still don't get paid too much and you still do research and it's really like time consuming and hectic yeah people do that for another like four six four to six years after their um PhD and you know sometimes they do like two postdocs um if you want to like be a professor or something like that mm -hmm. um so I originally I originally started my PhD because I did want to go on and like have my own research lab and become a professor but uh just over time I learned that that's not for me it's just a very super high anxiety very busy schedule and it's kind of yeah. like there's not many openings for that and you have to be very dedicated uh, and let's say you apply for a professorship if you get you know a position in like germany and you don't want to go to germany but you pretty much have to take it because it's like uh, i see oh you know it's very low chance to even it's get rare. an offer yeah unless you you had like you worked in a really famous lab and you you had mm -hmm. like a really breakthrough paper that was like cited by a bunch of other papers and really like right. got noticed um unless you have that and a lot of luck plays into that also mm -hmm. um so you know those those are the type of people who really have like a, a cho choices to pick from from where they want to mm -hmm. work as a professor but even so what's then, your exact like um degree like what's what do you what have you studied yeah it's it's in bioengineering okay so, so I heard you say engineering and then biology, and I was like, yeah. maybe it's both of those combined. <laughs> yeah, it's it's both of those combined. Um, I work in like tissue engineering, so trying to create new methods of building tissues in the lab, mm. uh, so we don't have to test on like animals, which are uh, not very, you know, they're so much different than the human body. So like right. drugs that we test on animals, it isn't always mean it's going to work on humans the same way um, mm. yeah yeah that's that's a good point we are very different from animals so i'm sure it's not exactly the same what uh so i wanted to ask you this before we kind of talked about uh some of your background like we did but it, so knowing now what you've been doing with nfts and digital art and then i saw you did like your own little uh, gallery and shit that looked cool and then doing all your your other world of academia and realizing it may not be for you if you had to cut one out right now what would you do you can only if i had one. to if i had to choose between science and art i would choose art right now mm -hmm. um science it, the way my research has been it's like it's such a roller coaster thing where um it's like you'll be failing experiments for like months and you'll be kind of don't know where to go for a couple months and then you'll have this like okay 
finally like a couple experiments worked and like mm. that's kind of a lot of students experiences if they're working on something that's very like new novel and it's like you know this engineering approach you're trying to create something yeah. new um so that's you know it's good when it works but it's also very like risky and i feel like art is just more fun more of the time but you still get those like really happy moments you know mm -hmm. and it's less of the bad moments i would say yeah it's so interesting hearing you say that engineering is more risky than like being an artist for yourself at least because you know you hear all that all you hear in like uh academia is like stem you know stem is like security you get the good job you you do what you do and then all you also hear is people discouraging like people pursuing arts and things so it's a good uh it's a good way to vouch for it yeah i mean i mean if you go through university and you go in stem and you know you could definitely get like a job that could um feed you and and you'll have enough money to support yourself right um but like research the the research itself is like risky so like there's students and there's phd students who just kind of get unlucky and the project they work on or maybe their professor they're working under um gives them like a shitty project and and mm. which is kind of like a dead end and they might work on it for years and then kind of it goes to waste it doesn't go to waste but it's kind of like nothing useful comes out of that really mm -hmm. um so that's like the risky part um and i don't think that's going to happen to me like the project right. i'm working on is pretty interesting um but that's still i still look at it as like more risky than at least where i'm at right now with my art mm -hmm. you know the risky yeah. part i see with my art is like if something like if the nft market crashes or something yeah but then it's like i've wanted to make clothes and um i'm i'll do that or you know or just make right. art keep it open yeah yeah and it's uh it's cool that like uh i'm sure art and you know you can create a piece and put it out feels good in a relatively short amount of time compared to you're working on this singular research project for like years right so yeah it's like a whole different that's more uh long-term gratification versus like short term yeah exactly like i've thought about when i do finish this project and submit it it's going to be you know amazing to mm -hmm. that feeling will be amazing um and art has kind of given me more of like short-term gratification um yeah where you make an art piece i used to do one like once a day but now it's like once a month which is still good and i can right. work more on the piece but because your style's yeah. kind of evolved right into more uh like less going um collage and going over stuff and more like uh from scratch i guess like blank canvas yeah i mean i still pick like old paintings to reimagine um, reference and, stuff. and a lot yeah. of my, yeah a lot of my characters are based off of the characters in the old painting mm -hmm. um and I use collages more like for the background and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's a, a lot more like drawing and hand drawing with these pieces. Yeah. What, um, when did you kind of start to develop out the, I don't even know what to call it, like the ghouls or whatever, like the black yeah. like uh, figures with the smiles kind of? Yeah, I call them like the uh, fiends. That's what fiends? I call them, fiends. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I don't know. I started like, I wanted to kind of have my own like signature, um, mm -hmm. I would say. And my art has always been very like colorful. So, and I've also liked the collage approach. So um, I took like older paintings or like images and tried to like make my own characters on those um right and like it started off with like the robes and the robes were like mm -hmm. i try to make them like colorful and like kind of psychedelic and even these fiend characters if you look back they've evolved a lot like just the way i draw them they used to be much more like simple and like kind of like flat in a way right um with not too much detail but um yeah as i I just kind of developed that and wanted them to really um, look 
just look better you know um mm -hmm. i remember i was talking to one of my friends um when i was doing like the collage stuff i'm like like i like my art and the way it's looking but i want to make art that i could see like in galleries and in museums you know mm -hmm. those type of art like it's just a kind of different feeling than what's posted regularly on social media so right that's the route what, i went what's um what's interesting about that too is that the art that's more like fine art or whatever and takes uh maybe some more time and planning tends to perform worse than like the quick like rapid firing everyday pieces online so it's almost like two different approaches like yeah, this might not get you a ton of likes on social media when you work on it for a whole month and don't post anything for a month, but it could be something that can be an NFT or sold in a, in a physical gallery versus uh, aiding the other like world of like the algorithm and all that shit. You're, post, you're trying to post collages and stuff every day. And it's all, I've always found it weird to find a balance between those two things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's tough to do both and when but if yeah. you do both that's like amazing art um yeah I've, i see a lot of art that's kind of you know funny or simple or very like relatable um or like right. the color the colors are really nice and it's just something that is nice to look like to look at mm -hmm. and um those those type of art they do like a lot of numbers on like twitter and instagram and mm -hmm. people get a lot of attention and and also they they sell like prints and that sort of thing because there's just so much traffic Right. going to that post but i haven't seen too much of that type of art um do well in the nft world it's it's mm -hmm. kind of like two different audiences i feel like yeah. where the nft you know investors they want they want like art that's kind of unique and different and kind of will stand the test of time mm -hmm. in a way um whereas the stuff that does really well on social media is like things that are relatable to the general public and just right to people that maybe are not even into art but if they see it they're gonna like it yeah it's like quick to consume but also quick to get rid of you know versus yeah. the other one's hard maybe not appeal to everyone but it appeals to the right type of people that mm -hmm. you're trying to target like in my uh niche the things I always see just blow up on Instagram, like aren't necessarily the most sophisticated, like graphic design or typography, but the messaging is just like maybe like meme related, you know, or super like relatable. Mm -hmm. Everyone puts it in their story, but that's not the same type of thing you'd be putting at um, like Christie's or whatever, you know, and like yeah. selling it in the fine art market. So yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I see it as well. Yeah, I've noticed even with your characters, you say getting them more um, complicated or whatever, even the even the robes seem to have more texture and detail in terms in the ways you, way you colorize them and things. And um, those robes kind of came from the old paintings then, right? You said like the brown kind of monk robes. Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of the, some of the paintings that like I paint over, the characters themselves have those robes. And like, yeah, I kind of learned through like drawing over those robes and kind of learning how the you know clothes fold and that sort of thing from those mm -hmm. uh you know and those painters like they're like masters of their craft like i can never right. do that what they did um that's sort of like how i learned how to draw robes better and you know i, I draw all my characters with robes and sometimes in those paintings there's a lot of characters that don't have robes Mm -hmm. or like the robes are in a different way that i want them and so i'll draw my the, the robes over those characters um and yeah so and you might be able to tell a difference i'm not sure but yeah um, so there's it's like juxtaposition like, yeah. too between not only your work is a lot less like uh i guess like for lack of a better word like blended you know like the creases in the robes are a lot more rigid and as well as the colors like you mm -hmm. you wouldn't see like the kind of psychedelic like pop art colors in any of these renaissance paintings you know that were traditionally like everything's like brown you know and mm -hmm. muted and stuff yeah a lot of the art is muted and, and you know kind of because they try to go for this realistic look yeah but there is also art that i've seen that's surprisingly colorful in, in a realistic way you know they'll have like blues and and reds that are you know pop at you but it's not like neon 
you know. Right. Yeah, that's a that's one thing I've noticed with your work that's super consistent is the choice of colors and not only the colors themselves like in the the hue but the actual like saturation and like the mm-hmm. shade of it because they're always very bright and they really stand out when you're putting them over that old stuff because it's just like it's almost like jarring at first you know to look at because you have these like muted browns and yellows and then it's just like pink on it you know or something yeah. like that no yeah i appreciate that it's like yeah color has always been uh something that i, I think like if you use it right it, it, it can make a piece look beautiful um mm-hmm. and yeah i just i really like that kind of new school pop art like look that you know colorful look that you know you haven't really seen throughout history as much um like for example cause or like murakami um, yeah they really use color very well in, in some of their pieces especially murakami he's that's like right. what he's known for is his colors um so that's something i tried to like take and, and use in my work mm-hmm. yeah murakami is like a perfect example of like how powerful color is because if he didn't have a good way of color like his work would maybe feel repetitive after a while but he makes so much stuff in the you know he has his flower patterns and other like tropes he uses but it always feels like fresh even though it's like kind of the mm-hmm. same but he's just switching up like colors and composition and stuff really yeah, like he, he has that one flower that just with different color schemes and it's kind of like color schemes that I would not think of using, but like he makes it work. And it's not even, sometimes you'll have like brown with, you know, you know, something like red or like a blue mm-hmm. um, that like I don't really, for my, in my art, I don't like paint my robes brown or tan, that sort of thing. Um, it's something I've thought of, but I haven't been able to incorporate but it's something that he does like seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you also introduce some in your recent stuff, like uh, you're starting to introduce some more like characters or however you want to reference them other than like the fiends. Like uh, I really like, I have it pulled up right here. I don't know what it was called exactly. The oh, the sheep with sharp teeth or whatever mm, that, yeah. that post, like that type of like, I don't know, uh, wolf type, like ghoul or whatever. I feel like that's a super dope type character. And I've seen a few other, um, like they kind of have a similar feel to the fiends, but they're also, you know, more, uh, I guess, detailed in the face and things. And is that something you're planning on? Like, are you planning on expanding into like a new realm with that? Yeah. um, I, so those pieces are usually not based on like any painting or that sort of thing. Um, And, yeah, I still kind of approach it with like the same colors that I use mm-hmm. for the fiends, but it's more of like a, yeah, just a different approach and, and a different kind of framing of the work. Um, like the sheep with sharp teeth. Um, I really like that piece just yeah, that's cool. as like a storytelling piece. Um, it was kind of like uh, influenced and by like uh, Scarface, the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, those characters I do plan on um, exploring more in the future. Yeah, that's dope. Um, as someone who I feel like, like I'm, I have very mixed opinions on this whole world of NFTs and not only the stuff that gets produced in there, but just crypto in, in general. But uh, as someone who creates like fine art and something that I think is beautiful and takes time. How do you feel in relation to like all the generative work and stuff? Do you think that that do you do you like that that exists? I um, guess my question. So there's like really good generative projects, and there's also things that are clearly like cash grabs and just like yeah. low quality work. Um, so things that are like good, for example, like CryptoPunks they're sought after because like the history right. of them, you know, they're one of the first like projects. Um, and then you have like the board apes yacht club and mm-hmm. those ones initially when I first saw them, uh, I didn't really like them because I thought they were trying to be like crypto punks, but, and then they got caught on popular and then I kind of understood what they were doing. <clears throat> yeah. So they're also like, 
good and they have this really strong community around them um and then you have things that are like artists like for example art blocks is like this um this group that drops generative projects from different artists each time mm -hmm. and you have um artists who are very like their native work is like doing this generative stuff like um i forgot his first name but i think his last name was like hobbs and he did like fidenzas and fidenzas mm -hmm. it was like a um a generative uh art piece art pieces um but it's really nice to it's like really nice to look at and it's like mm -hmm. you could see those people frame them in their house and it looks like fine art um so yeah i i also feel like two different ways there's the the projects that are done well and like you could tell the creators right. are passionate about it i think those are you know should be there and they're important but the ones that are like cash grabs um those are kind of uh yeah i don't really like those and yeah um like i've thought about doing my own generative collection but i haven't really thought of something good enough in a way you know like i can make characters with my art but it's like that's that's been done a lot before and right it may or may not do well but i'd rather make just one of one pieces and mm -hmm. i feel that's what i'm good at so i, I haven't really touched the collection generative art thing yet right it's interesting to see too how like don't get me wrong like the some of the really expensive like non-generative art like uh ferocious and all that stuff like it obviously sells for crazy amounts but it seems like from a non-art person that is getting into nfts from a monetary or technology or investment standpoint you know the generative stuff is where it's at because it's like it, it's more obvious what the value is behind it and like it's collectible and it has it has more like uh it's almost more accessible because it's like even not in money wise because some of them get expensive but it's kind of uh people know that feeling it's like trading Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something you know it feels like that but with the fine art it feels a lot more like how do you value it like how you would like a traditional mm -hmm. painting but so I think that's where they do have a place but yeah, some of them I just I get so much like spam DMs and shit too nowadays. Like check out yeah. the we got the llamas now or whatever it is. And it's just yeah. like some other bullshit, you know. It's like it's like ridiculous. Um especially, I don't know if you use Discord, but like my Discord, yeah. it's all my DMs are just people just throwing new projects at you. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, yeah, that's the thing about this generative art. It's kind of if they build a good community around it, it's more it's more of a safe investment in a way right. you know, at least at least in the short term um which most people are in it to make a short-term flip mm -hmm. um whereas if you're investing in, in an artist you know it's one person and it's kind of like you have to find them early on if you find them later on when they're established they're already expensive yeah um, and if you find them early on you're betting on one person that they're going to continue to do this and continue to grow and evolve over time so it's more risky right you're kind of investing in the the human themselves mm -hmm. almost as much as like each individual piece exactly yeah yeah it's all crazy like uh it's so hard to even like like we were talking earlier like just looking at it from the outside it's very like no wonder everyone's confused about it you know like just people that aren't on twitter because like you said you go on twitter and I'm not I'm not all up in NFTs, but I even follow enough people where it seems like that's all there is on Twitter. You know, it's like it's become such an echo chamber. But I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm just super torn on it because there's people mm -hmm. like you, I think, that are doing cool shit. And then there's other like I get a lot of people also not only the spam DMs, but they're like impersonating, you know, like it'll be like, hey, this is like the punks like director or whatever like send me your wallet address or something oh yeah yeah like... i i had some guy like dm me um a while ago it was basically when like nfts were like they blew up and they kind of had like this um slow market time for like yeah. a couple couple months they were pretty slow and like i didn't really sell any pieces during that time and like mm -hmm. some some guy hit me up and he was like oh i want to buy this i had it available it was one of it wasn't the it was the one before the wolf um mm -hmm. and 
he was like, I'll buy this off you for like two Ethereum. But like my previous piece had sold for like seven or eight, you know, something like that. And I was like, no, like I'd rather just wait, you know, for example. Right. And this, this guy got very like um, frustrated with me. And he was like, you're never going to sell a piece again. Like you'll never sell for that much. Like you're so like this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he like blocked me. And then he came back with another account and he's like, this is actually Beanie. And Beanie is like a well-known collector. He goes mm-hmm. by Beanie and he, his like avatar is a crypto punk with the Beanie hat. Um, and he's like, this is actually Beanie. And um, I'll give you one more chance. You know, for, I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're not Beanie. Like, you're just imp- like, like, why would that collector come and harass me? Like, you know what I mean? People right. like impersonate collectors, artists, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild, especially like uh, people like, I think could be so easily scammed. Like you just need like a crypto punk, you know, Avi and you could probably get people to do some like fucked up shit. Really? It's that's a, what's crazy about those OG like generative stuff, like the punks and the apes is it's almost like the value in it is not only in what it's worth, but what it can like get gain for you. Like you become Mm -hmm. like an insider, you become cool in this whole community because like it gives you like uh, it's almost like your identity all of a sudden or something. Yeah, a lot of people, their cl- the collectors, their identity is the crypto punk. Like yeah. their name is like the ID of the crypto punk, like six five two nine or something like that, or like yeah. punk four five some. You know, um, so it's powerful in that sense. Um, and some people have written like threads about it, like you know, why is this crypto punk so useful to me? He's like, you know. I only trade with people that have crypto punks. And if somebody has a crypto punk and I can see that it's actually theirs and they verified it, it's like I automatically trust that person mm, within that yeah. group. You know, they trust each other more. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's that community that it builds. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, with the, I guess, enough of that NFT stuff, that's all I had there. But with the gallery stuff that you did recently, you posted, how was that? Was that a pretty cool experience? With doing a lot yeah. of digital stuff mostly. Yeah, that was um it was the Uzumaki gallery and she mm-hmm. she's another artist. Um you should check her out if you haven't seen her stuff. But she makes like textile art and like furniture. Um oh, okay, with these dope. like really colorful um uh, fabrics and furs. And she like reached out to me. Um and she's like, Hey, I think your your art would look good in my gallery. And she had like this gallery in uh in downtown LA. So mm-hmm. I had my art there for uh, a couple months, and then it was like a pop up kind of type thing. She was like working out of there, so she was making oh, her her art out of there, and she just had my pieces and some other art there. Yeah. So that was the first one, and and then she moved, so she, that one closed down, and now she's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a cool experience. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have my art in Art Basel in Miami. Oh, in cool. December, so that's something I'm looking forward to. Are you going out there to like uh, set that up and everything? Yeah, um, so it's gonna be through Super Rare. They're gonna set up everything, but I'm gonna be one of the artists that they're like showing. Um, oh, okay. So I don't have to set anything up. I'm currently working on the piece, and I have about like a month to finish it. But um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go out and and check it out and kind of take that weekend off and that's meet dope. the people and yeah. Is it going to be like a digital and a physical type like sale thing if it's super rare is doing it? They're going to do like all, all of the NFTs are going to be showing. It's going to be uh, just a digital screen, like big digital screens that they're going to oh, be showing. Like you that? Know? Yeah. Yeah. They had a, uh, a, a pop up, um, not a pop up, but they, they had like a booth at the LA Art Show mm-hmm. earlier a couple months ago. Um, and they did the same thing where they had like these digital, um, yeah, digital displays. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, it's just crazy how the NFTs, like a lot of those NFTs sold for a good amount. Like for one of them sold for like 60,000, for example. And then like mm-hmm. you would go and walk around and you'd see all this like physical art and they would be priced way lower. And, and even there would be some like really like, um, there was a certain section of the art show that was like old art like the 1700s 1800s and there was some stuff that was really expensive like hundreds of thousands but there were also mm. stuff that was less expensive than like the nft that just sold 
which yeah, is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I've seen uh, some of those screen things too, like uh, this artist, um, Malavita. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know her, her, her she does yeah. all those. So yeah, I like, I had her on recently. She does all the spiral, I guess, liquidy type textures mm-hmm. and stuff. And seeing that kind of shit that's like so colorful on the big screens, like I'm sure that persuades people to want to buy more because it's just like mesmerizing, you know, and these big yeah. ass panels and everything. Yeah, it's just so different than like what's the physical art. And yeah, um, yeah her work, I really like her work. It's It's just very like psychedelic and, a lot of people try to imitate imitate that style, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have the quality. It doesn't have the detail that hers does. A very yeah, few we people had, capture that. We had talked about that a bit, and like, that's like that's a good feeling. Like, it sucks to be imitated, but it's also cool when other outside people look at it and say like, it's not the same though. You know, like it's very validating yeah. to know that people are like vouching it for you or whatever you want to call it yeah and and if you make art that like is good people are just gonna they they're gonna want to naturally just imitate it or like take parts of it into their work mm-hmm. which uh, if done respectfully i think it's uh good but if it's like a blatant copy i think that's that's right. very like you know people people don't deal with that you know basically like have you uh experienced any of that anywhere from the respectful way to the like you know full-on like plagiarism or whatever yeah respectful way i've had like artists um dm me and tell me like hey i really got inspiration from this and Mm -hmm. i made this piece and i think that's cool or like this one nft artist he he would do like very like chaotic pieces and one of them he had like my fiend character in it just like it wasn't like the main part of it so i didn't really care and it was like easter egg (laughs) yeah easter egg type of thing yeah um but I, I've had, I mean, yeah, this one this one guy was kind of a little bit, he like was respectful and he approached me um, with what he was doing, but it was very similar to mine, like really, really similar. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was still like, I was like, you could, you know, it's kind of similar, but you could post it. And if people compare it to my work and you could continue or you could not, I mean, it's up to you, you know, I was like that. Yeah. Um, I've had kind of putting it on him you know like the I burden was just like you him. can do it yeah. Um, yeah and then one time i saw uh like an open sea account that was just my work they had just like saved it and oh, they were shit. just selling it but it didn't really i don't think they really sold anything and they were selling it for like 0.01 ethereum or like 0.1 you know oh, like super cheap compared super, to your actual super cheap, stuff yeah so yeah, it's it's happened a few times like that, but I haven't had any like super bad experiences with that. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you get inspiration from these days for your work? I mean, yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from I guess different a lot of different artists I see um of course like Cause Murakami, those are like some of right. the big names that I knew before I really got deep into the art. Um, and then a lot of like the old artists like Caravaggio, um, that era of art, I really also enjoy seeing, um, Mm -hmm. I get inspiration from more like for the characters and the stories in a way. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from, uh, music, you know, I'll take some of the titles, maybe not like a lot of the new art but like some of the older titles were like music lyrics um and just heavily inspired by music um any genres specifically i listen to a lot of like these days i listen to a lot of like house music uh, but like zoo i don't know if you've heard of him Mm zhu he's uh i don't know if i would classify him as house but it's he's he's in the edm type of thing house yeah i mean that shit's huge He's yeah, huge. And, I, I, even though I don't listen to it, I know about it, you know? Yeah, he's my favorite artist, like musician, just period. Like, that's my top guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a lot of inspiration. I've made a lot of pieces that are inspired by his music. Um, yeah, and then some other artists, like uh, one that stands out a lot is like, his name is Etienne, Etienne Krauss. Um, and he, he does digital work, but it's very like... Um, fine art feel to it and it's like stuff that you would for sure see in a museum and a gallery um and he's also pretty successful in the 
um, NFT world. Um, X copy. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's kind of like I, I sometimes show people, you know, his art, and I just ask him, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And almost all the time, they're like, "Yeah, it's cool. It's just they think it's cool, but they don't think too much of it." And I tell them, "Like, yeah, this sold for like a million dollars," and they're like, "What? Like, what? You know, they get confused." And then yeah, um, but I think that his art is like it's the art that people are gonna talk about in like the art history books in mm-hmm. you know 30 50 years they're gonna be like you know this guy was one of the pioneers of that the nft art um yeah um inspiration yeah, it's gonna be crazy when kids are going to school and it's gonna go from like you know keith herring or something and then the next like chapters like beeple or some shit <laughs> yeah people people's crazy guys art is pretty crazy they're gonna have to add like yeah i i never even looked at it that way teaching art and history and just um i guess the the pioneers we haven't really i felt like there hasn't really been a pioneers since like computers started you know like obviously when they invented computers people or when in photoshop and all that some of those people you could call like pioneers of that but before that there wasn't anything that like new happening. It only would happen every like 20, 30 years. It seemed like, or like, and then back in the day, even farther apart, like they'd stick in a style for hundreds of years. Now you have all the digital shit. So I think it's, we have, we live in such a different landscape than like ever Mm -hmm. before with how trends are and how things change. And I I can't even imagine now, like what stuff's going to look like in you know even like 30 years i feel like you're going to be able to like imagine something in your mind and it creates it with ai or some shit you know yeah there's so many approaches people are take with it like a lot of generative art a lot of like uh, people coding computers to make art you know for that type of thing um and i think that's crazy that's something that i think is so interesting and i wish i had the time to try out um but I'm not like well versed in it and it would just take way too much time to get into that. Um, yeah. Also the, the science stuff you do is already so like in depth and hard. I would think to someone like me trying it that mm-hmm. I feel like you don't have the bandwidth to go into a whole nother oh, yeah. crazy, like computer science too, you know? No, if I had like the time for something, another hobby, it, it would be music. I right. would want to make uh, music, but that's like, Music takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I downloaded, um, well, I forgot which program it was. The icon is Ableton like a Ableton or something? Yeah, something like, yeah. I, I downloaded something like that and I gave it like a couple hours and I couldn't figure it out and I just uninstalled <laughs> it. It was like, kind of done. Um, yeah. But yeah, it takes a lot of patience. Um, yeah, and, and, and to your point where like the, the trends in the art, you know, even in the past year, there's been a lot of trends that have came and went. Mm-hmm. so quickly like there was a lot of i think initially in the nft space a lot of what i saw was like 3d art and like motion art and that's still a thing but it was like mm-hmm. even really like basic 3d art was getting more attention than like the 2d basic drawings yeah but now that it's was like, frustrating yeah now it got like it's pretty even that where like 2d artists like you know ferocious is, is mostly like a 2d artist and mm-hmm. And they're um, they're at the top of the game, you know, with what they do. Yeah. And then you have X Copy, who is you know, he has animations and and it's like a GIF, but it's not three D. Um, so yeah, a lot of people took that bait, and I almost took the bait of like three D. You know, I was like talking mm-hmm. to his name is Zach. He goes by Super Rare Roses. He's on like the Super Rare team. Um, it was at the LAR show. I was like, yeah, I want to maybe try like three D and animation. He's like like don't do it just to do it like what you have mm-hmm. is good you know if you have if it's going to add something to your art go for it right. but if you're doing it just to do it like don't do that it's a trap i saw so. that happen a lot and you could easily tell the people that the style they already worked in just catered to that and which was already cool and they did great and then it's like every like every person i ever known it seems like <laughs> on instagram was like you know, downloading Blender and trying to create like astronauts and shit. It was yeah, just yeah. like the all the same, big. you know? Exactly. Yep. 
I'm glad I didn't do that because I definitely would have regretted it now looking at it in hindsight because mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get into three deer else. I'm never going to be able to get into this. And I was like, ah, fuck it. It's I think the people that do the best in NFT, normal, just art sales, like are the people that don't worry about what's going on and they let the trends revolve around them rather than, you know, give into exactly. what's cool or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if you try to follow trends, you're just playing like catch up, you know, in a way you're trying to catch mm-hmm. up to people For and sure. doing something that is probably not natural to you. Yeah. Do you have a, what else do you have? Um, you have anything planned for the future besides just that digital space? Um, clothing drop. I, I, I've been planning this for like, I've had it ready for like a couple months. Like the designs have been ready, but mm-hmm. it's there's, there's been a lot of holdup on like the t-shirts actually getting here because of COVID and oh, shortages. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got like a shipment a few days ago, finally arrived after a couple months. Um, I dropped some off to get printed. So I should have um, some clothing coming out probably this end of this week if it all goes to plan. Oh, um, cool. That might already be out then by the time you hear this, if you're listening or maybe yeah. not, we'll see. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, cool. But other than that, if you guys want to check out the Patreon, we're going to do a Q&A with Otherworld, a couple of questions I got submitted, but I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, man. It was great meeting you. No, man, I appreciate the opportunity and it's been a pleasure. Yeah, most def. So you can check him out. Uh, Otherworld underscore XX on Instagram. And then is everything just Otherworld everywhere you're at pretty much online? Yeah, it's the same handle on Instagram and Twitter. That's the only two I use other than like super rare. Um, Okay. All right, cool. So go check them out and then head over to the Patreon if you want to hear more. And we'll see you next time. Peace out. See you.